1: Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Litman, joined as always by Dan Volpone, Emily Cannell. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube right now, you are saying to yourself, first of all, go Sixers. Second of all, where is Emily? Because this new backdrop is so different. So Emily, you can say as much or as little as you please, but you are in a new place. Uh And how are you and how is that new place?
2: Um, The new place is great. We moved to the suburb, so I no longer live in the Philadelphia city limits, which is lovely and also very sad. Um, And so now I'm in a new office at my new house.
1: And you watched game one of the Sixers playoff series from this new place, correct? I
2: did. At first, we thought we were going to have to go to the bar because... We couldn't figure out, get the cable to work, but luckily we did. So we watched it from this new house.
1: And so far the juju is good. Yes.
2: Maybe this is lucky. We'll see.
1: That'd be great. That'd be great. And things are going well. You're settling in.
2: Yeah. I thought you were going to say that people are wondering why your background is so lit up because normally at this hour, it's very dark in the back of your apartment. And today it looks like the lights are on.
1: The lights are on. Um, Yeah. But but no things are things are good. You guys are settling it. Is is Jordy liking it? Is everything was the move good?
2: Yeah, everything was good. Jordy's liking it. Luna loves it. Um, there are dogs on like all sides of us in our backyard, so she has many friends. She sits on the third floor and stares out the window at them. Um, yeah, it's all great.
1: Thrilling, very good good news, Dan. Over to you. Um. How's everything going with you, with your life? Um, give me the news.
3: What, what's, I didn't have a question prepared for you. You didn't know. No, move, I don't have much uh, new right like Emily, but uh, yeah. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where my emotions are highly dependent on the Sixers and mm-hmm. Saturday night was wonderful. And so I'm feeling pretty good right now. It's a
1: good transition. The Sixers played Saturday night. They, uh, they had game one against Toronto, and just as everyone predicted, they blew them out. They, they beat Toronto by a cool 20 points, and uh, Maxi had 38. Um, and they, they were just – they played really well. This was a wire-wire win, and uh, it was just an incredibly impressive uh, game one from them, uh, just – To start off, just overall takeaways here. Dan, what what stuck out from you, uh, for you right away uh from this game? It was it was you know sort of an understated Joe Joel game, but I guess we can just start with with Tyrese, who had 38 points on 21 shots. He was 14 for 21 uh, from the field. He was five of eight from three. uh, four rebounds to assist uh in 38 minutes uh he was just electric he hit that 130 foot three at the end of the third quarter uh he was beating everybody down the court he was mic'd up which was uh, you know he's he's good on mic'd up whenever um maxi chance uh you know we can we we can pretty much hit everybody uh during this but but start with maxi and just just talk to me about the game
3: yeah, I mean, Maxi was awesome. Um, the, there was there was a ton of attention going to Joel and Harden, and um, I mean, first of all, when's the last time we even had someone besides Joel who would take that much attention? And then to have a third guy who can step up, um, like he did, he was the high scorer of the playoffs so far, I think, although I was in the car for... Uh, actually, I think Kyrie might have outscored him. Um, but opening night, he had a, of those four games, he had the most points. Um, and You know, he was, he was fantastic. I also want to mention Tobias, not just, um, scoring the ball, which Tobias scored the ball, uh, very, very well, but really unexpectedly successful on defense against Siakam. I mean, Siakam was going to score and he played fine. Um, and you know, he's been on a tear lately and he's, he's basically going to get his, he had 24 points, but he was only, you know, nine of 18 from the field. Um, only got five foul shots, um it's a good game, but it's the kind of game that's not going to kill him. Uh, it's not going to, that's not going to be what does the Sixers in, if that's all he gets. And, you know, to be able to, you know, not have Joel out on the perimeter on Siak in the whole game, um, not picking up those fouls uh, and and Tobias really stuck with him well. And so, you know, I think Maxi, you know, right for rightfully so would be, you know, the bell ringer from the game uh, as we do at Liberty Ballers, but, you know, Joan Harden, first of all, were fine. You know, they they were, I don't think, I think they both had like solid games um, and took what was given to them. But um, Tobias is the other guy who really stood out to me and um, and just played so much better than I thought he would. And, and you know, he might not keep shooting as well as he did. Uh, and obviously, I think the biggest Raptors adjustments are going to be, you know, what they do on defense with the Sixers because the Sixers scored 131 points. Um, and I think we'll see a lot more zone. We could touch on that later, but you know maybe that some of that takes away some of what Tobias does on offense. But he played really, really well on Siakam defensively, and was on him a lot. And um, you know going into the series, I didn't think that was a favorable matchup. I I would have put Joel on Siakam. I would have put Paul Reed on Siakam. Um, I, I, besides George Nyang, I, I I didn't think that there were many people that size that I would want less on Siakam. But he really. Uh, just stayed in front of him and and was focused the whole time. And and I was impressed. So, um, you know, the the guys who should be their four best players were, you know, all really, really solid. And when you're the better team and you get that from all those guys, you're going to win every game. But you're going to – if if those four guys play, play, you know, games like this, the whole series, they'll sweep them. I'm not saying it'll happen, but they all did what they had to do. Yeah, I, you know, just uh, quickly on that.
1: Siakam, uh, Tobias matchup. I I made a joke when we had MOC on last week that like you literally cannot have Tobias on on Pascal for a second because the second Pascal sees Tobias guarding him, it's two points. Like you just you can put it in the box score, it's over. Like because that has just anecdotally been my experience watching Tobias guard uh, Pascal, and uh, as you said, to his credit you know, Tobias was a lot better on him, Uh, you know, so, you know, that might even out, you know, we'll see what happens, but um, we can go more into Tobias who had a, had a good game, but uh, Emily, your takeaways from game one and, uh, and starting with Tyrese, like what was your experience uh, watching game one in a, in a really, I I think huge Sixers win, because I just think you can't lose game one as a home team uh, to this Toronto team, who I don't think is, particularly afraid of the Sixers given the way the season series went and um, just, just huge to not get in a hole against them and and win this one. And certainly have to take care of business on Monday night as well, but um, a huge win and and a declarative win uh, in this fashion. So uh, what did you think of it?
2: Yeah, I thought it was, it was really fun to watch number one, especially Maxie. Um, That was at the third quarter. He had like 21 points or something insane. Like, He's like, you know, all these stats the youngest player to like have 38 points and no turnovers in a playoff game, like the youngest sixer to do it, all this stuff. Um, and not only that, but we've said it before like, he's Maxi is fun to watch. Like, he's good and also fun to watch because he looks like he's having fun doing it versus like, not to say Joel doesn't look like he's having fun when he scores 40, but because. I don't know. He's Joel. He may because he does it more, maybe because he expects himself to get 40 every night max. He just looks like he's having the time of his fucking life. And it makes me have the time of my life. Like, I don't know how many texts I sent that just said like the kid in all capitals, like multiple times, every time he would hit a three pointer. Um, so it was just really fun to watch him. Um, I agree with Dan. I was really impressed with Tobias's game. I think a lot of times, for probably for worse that the Sixers success like kind of hinges on Tobias playing well because he can really take them either way like if he's having a good game and someone else it allows Joe to not have to like kill himself as much but if he's having a bad game it can really negatively affect the team so for him to have a good game was really a good thing in this obviously this game one and I think Joe had a fine game I kind of think because everyone else was doing what they were doing. He didn't have to put the team on his back as much as he normally does. I think if it had not gone a different way, I think Joe easily would have scored more points. I just don't think he had to. So he was like, I'm not going to kill myself right now.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, so you mentioned uh, some of the stats with Tyrese from John Clark. Uh, the only players in the NBA history younger than Tyrese to score 38 points or more in a uh, playoff game are LeBron and Magic Johnson. Uh, so Terrible company. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, from Ruben Frank, Maxi scored more points in 12 minutes of the third quarter, 21, than his predecessor, Ben Simmons, scored in a combined 100 minutes in the last three full games of last year's semifinal series against the Hawks, which was 19, <laughs> uh, the last uh, time Simmons played. Um, so not to shit on Ben of course who we love and all, I've always loved um, but that's just a fun stat um, so yeah that's I mean Maxie was unbelievable Sixers also didn't turn the ball over like at all it was remarkable the the like how they didn't what was their
2: I think they like four or something right? they
3: had four but one was the shot clock violation at the end of the game and they just ran the clock out And they had
1: three three total and they had zero in the first half. Um, And we can transition to talking about uh, Harden and Embiid. Uh, Harden had one turnover to, what was it? 14 assists. Um, So talking about both of them, uh, Harden had 22 points. Uh, He was six for 17 from the field, four for seven from three, which is great. Uh, He had six of his seven free throws. Joel was only 5 of 15 from the field. Um, he did not turn the ball over at all. He had four assists, 15 uh, rebounds. I thought his defense was great. Um, and I, I just thought Joel was especially incredibly impactful on the game. I thought Harden, his pace was really good. He, he missed at the rim a, a good amount. Um, I thought both of them were really impactful. Like I was happy with the game from both, you know, they won by like 20, so you're not gonna complain much about, about anything. Um, but I was impressed. I, I thought the, the flow was really good. And, and like, uh, I, I felt really, really good about the way that those guys played together. That one assist from Harden to Maxi full court was unbelievable. One of the best passes of the season by far. And Joel, like we've seen the, this story a million times with Joel against the Raptors where he gets frustrated that a shot isn't going in and he turns the ball over eight times and he's yelling at the reps and he just didn't let that happen. And he didn't force the issue and he found his teammates and, you know, so he trusted his teammates and, and that was a big deal. And, um, you know, I think it's a good sign of things to come and his shots will go in more. And, and, and I think it, it was a good, it was a good thing to see. And I liked that Harden's threes were going in. And um, so, yeah, overall those guys will shoot better from the field, but um, I was happy with both of their games and, and the way they were finding their teammates and, um, you know, Maxie and Harden or Maxie and Tobias picked up the slack from the field in a big way. So Emily, your thoughts on Harden and Joel's nights.
2: Yeah, I think um a lot of what you said, and I think it's the kind of the thing where you know it when you see it when you're watching basketball. Like, Joel was playing great defense, and Joel was doing other things on the floor to get shots for other people, but it doesn't necessarily show up in, like, box score, like, points assists. but he does other things. Um, and he also seems like Joel's not the kind of guy that, like, cares how many points he gets as long as the team wins. So, and I was really encouraged because um, Harden hasn't like, like one hasn't been shooting that many threes and they also haven't been going in as much so I was happy to see that because that is important for this team
1: <laughs> yeah um, and Harden just like since he's gotten here he he doesn't seem concerned with like his his shot. Profile like how many shots he gets compared to how many shots Maxi gets or Tobias gets, which is encouraging. I think like it, we don't seem to have that particular issue. Obviously he his field goal percentage has been low and that has concerned me, uh, since he's been here, but that particular thing hasn't been an issue. Um, and he, he definitely seems excited when he dimes out guys like, uh, Maxi and Tobias and Niang and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, his passing was incredible in this game and, and was huge. Um, and uh, it seemed like he did have a bounce in his step in terms of just like attracting Raptors defenders. Uh, Dan, what did you think about Harden and Embiid in this one?
3: No, like, I, thought that, I thought they were both good. Um, you know, I think that we'll see better games from both of them at some point in the series um but yeah they they did what they had to do um Harden's finishing at the rim is just not going to be there um, they were able to you know get some offensive rebounds off of you know his drives because he does draw a lot of attention on his drives and so um it's just something that we're going to have to accept at this point i don't think it's the end of the world it's not great um but yeah he had 14 assists and one turnover um they weren't you know cheap assists they were tough passes to get a lot of open looks, um, really, like, even end of shot clock situations, you know, turning nothing into a, a good look, um, and it's so valuable, and the Sixers haven't had a guy like that, you know, that I can remember. Uh, and and it, it it was huge, and the, the big thing with Harden to me was, you know, the Raptors are all over Joel, and when the Raptors come and they cut the lead from 24 down to 11, you know, who's going to be the guy? You know, if they're going to be doubling Joel before he even – touches the ball who's going to be the guy that you can go to and Harden hit the step back three the layup and had the full court pass to maxi and next thing you know you know they're back up pushing 20 um, right and that was it that was that was that was the Raptors big run it was it to 11 then they went back for, back and forth a few times and Harden took over and that's you know that's the luxury you have I mean he's not going to hit that step back three every time and but you have a guy who's able to take over, even though he's you know, not looking like fully himself and the hamstring doesn't look perfect, he can take over for you know, two minutes and, and, and spark a big run. And he can you know, really run the offense effectively the whole game. Um, the, I thought there was, you know, we, and it's the first game of the playoffs and things changed, but there wasn't a ton of standing around dribbling like what drove us crazy at points in the regular season. I thought it was just a good Harding game even though he was 6-17 from the field. And really with Joel, I mean, he didn't shoot well. That'll change, but he had 19 points on 15 shots. It's not a horrible offensive game. He still had four assists and no turnovers. He had, what did you say, 15 rebounds? Yeah. Um, Yeah, 15 rebounds. So, yeah, he did what he had to do. He was great defensively, and other guys were hitting shots. And other guys were getting such good looks because of the combination of Embiid is drawing attention no matter what, and when Harden has the ball, he also draws attention and can pass off of it. And there were so many easy open looks, regardless of who got these. I mean, Embiid's not going to get the assist for drawing all the attention. Harden got a ton of assists, but you know there were a lot of plays where you know Embiid's already getting a ton of attention. Harden, you know, gets into the lane, and then you have a couple swing passes because you know the defense is trying to recover from a good Harden pass out to the perimeter, and you know. Yes, the Sixers aren't going to shoot 50% from three. They're not going to go 16 of 32 every single game. Um, Although I will say the Raptors were 12 of 30, so they shot 40% from three. They had a really good three-point shooting game. And the Sixers aren't going to shoot 50% from three every game, but it wasn't a coincidence that this is a game they did it. They weren't hitting tough contested looks with the Raptors having to shrug and be like, what are you going to do, right? Like Sixers were getting open shots, and that starts with Embiid and Harden. Even, you know, Embiid's not going to get – that showing up in the box score like Cardin did, but but it's both of them. And, and the Raptors have always been, you know, so far on the side of take away Embiid. And everyone else needs to step up and Embiid needs to stay patient. And that's what happened in game one. So I don't really care what the box score says. I thought he was good.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that everybody was really interested in uh, before this game was who was going to play backup center. And uh, of course, last game of the year, B-Ball, B-ball Paul had an excellent game and then um, people were excited about it and Doc threw cold water on that and said that we were not going to be excited about that and that uh, Paul should shut the fuck up about being excited about that and people should not be excited about it. And uh, we're here to win a championship and not, um, what was it? Like, have a b-ball Paul victory party? Tour. <laughs> yeah. victory, victory tour. Yeah, victory tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, and he said, right, all season, when somebody's small, Paul is out there. You've seen this all year. And when somebody's big, DeAndre's out there. This is what we do. We've done it all year. Um, But the quotes leading up to this series did start to seem like DeAndre was sort of saying like, whether I'm on the court or off the court, I wanna help out the team, which is something somebody usually says when they're not gonna play. And Paul had a quote where he said, uh, he had a text exchange with Doc Rivers uh, that Doc had actually mentioned uh, in a recent presser. Paul said, uh, this is a quote. He said, he texted me something and I was like, oh yeah, I appreciate it. And thank you for being patient with me. Whoop-dee-woo, whoop-dee-whoop-dee-woo. Uh, and he made those noises and I think that's great. I just, I'm upset I, we still
2: I, haven't gotten the video of this. I need I know, to hear I, the noises.
1: I, I can just imagine him literally texting Doc Rivers, whoop-dee-whoop-dee-woo. <laughs> Doc being like, whoop-dee-whoop-dee-woo, what the fuck? Doc's like. Texting I Callie Doc, being like, what I is thought
3: this? Doc made those noises.
1: <laughs> no,
3: Doc didn't make those noises. No. I thought they were saying Doc in his presser said whoop dee woop dee woop
2: No, oh, Paul did. <laughs> All right.
3: Well, Dan, I misread that.
1: <laughs> Dan, there's no, Doc hasn't said whoop dee whoop dee woo ever. He
3: could have. <laughs> it would have, you know, it, maybe he was, I don't know.
1: Being facetious. What do you mean as like, if Paul oh, was yeah, always Paul, going around play, saying whoop dee whoop dee
3: whoop? Woop-dee-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Could you... No one says that. Why should I know that, that was Doc and not Paul? Or Paul and no, not that Doc. Was Paul. Whatever. That was Paul. Carry on.
1: No. So that was Paul. Anyway. Um, so anyway, Paul played in game one. And it wasn't necessarily spectacular, but he was good because he is good. And he played completely fine. He was a plus in how many minutes he played he played 11 a few of those were garbage time at the end of the game but he played 11 minutes he had three points he did have four fouls probably too many but it's okay
2: but um, we don't need more than 11 minutes so let him get the fouls no. i don't care but a lot of his fouls are not fouls i agree <laughs> Put that i agree out <laughs> i
1: think i think reps see that we see him and they're like he's too weird he's fouling somebody right
2: now I he's bet. erratic limb movements and he's just gonna foul someone
1: he was plus four. Um, he had a block, he had a steal, three rebounds, um one for two from the field, just completely fine and good. And um he's just he's great. So
2: so we should listen, fully expect to see DeAndre Jordan tomorrow night is what you're saying.
1: He's just, you know, he's completely like he's a good rebounder, he's a really good, like solid defender. Mm-hmm um the fouling he's he's not going to play more than eight or ten minutes if the games are ever close like this is totally fine and also I'm
3: happy sorry I was gonna just gonna say the way they have the rotation especially in game one it was Paul basically played um I think he played end of the first quarter um and end of the third and it's like Okay, well, the Sixers were probably already in the bonus anyway, so the foul isn't a big deal. You know, at the end of the quarter, it's not as big of a deal mm-hmm. as picking up dumb fouls to start the quarter.
1: Yeah, so you know, I, I'm just listen, good on Doc for actually having him in there in the playoffs. Um, And I don't know what it is that brought him this epiphany at the end of the year. Obviously, it would have been nice to have him get his sea legs under him a bit earlier, but whatever. He's out there now and Hopefully he continues to play and play well, but um, DeAndre would have been a disaster because he's terrible. And I'm happy to see the Paul's out there, and I hope it keeps going. Dan, any uh, additional thoughts on this?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, how incredible was winning the Joel minutes against the Raptors? Like that's that's crazy. But that's... The non-Joel minutes. No, I'm sorry, winning the non-Joel yes. minutes. Yes, yes. I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, Paul Reed plus four. Like you know, that's that's unbelievable. And you know you can compare it. You know the you know Jokic is winning MVP because he had no help this year. They were only a plus three within the non-Jokic minutes, so naturally they had to lose by sixteen. Whereas the Sixers were able to win by twenty because of that extra point that the Nuggets had without him on the that the Sixers were able to get with the with the non-Joel minutes. So I mean, it's clearly not fair. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that besides my incoherent uh, anger at the MVP voting because again I'm really tired and I just got back to Philly. Um, yeah, the, uh, the B-Ball Paul minutes were awesome and they need to continue. I don't understand how Doc could watch B-Ball Paul and watch what Jordan and Millsap have given you this year and think that there's any lineup, regardless of size, where B-Ball Paul is not your best option off the bench. Um, they, they need everything he brings. And the other guys bring nothing. And so if, you know, I don't I don't care if, you know, the Sixers get past the Raptors and they're playing, you know, someone who Doc's, Doc thinks is big. And I don't know who Doc thinks is big because I, I can't get in Doc's brain. But um we just can't see DeAndre Jordan. I, I And mean, Paul Reed is not, you know, he's not looking like an all-star out there. He's not looking, you know, like – someone whose game you would tell a kid to watch and say, you know, go practice this. But he is looking like someone whose game you would tell a kid to watch and say, like, go have this energy, you know, go, go have this, you know, nose for the ball. I don't know. Like, he's, I, I think there's a difference between awkward and uncoordinated. And Paul is awkward. And like you said, he picks up fouls because he looks weird. He does things weird. But he's not uncoordinated. He's not just throwing his body around. He's like really doing purposeful things out there that are giving you a lot of help. Um, and they're so much better than the other option. And so, no, he was he was awesome. And it was, I mean, what a difference. He was a plus four. They won the 12 minutes, the non-druel minutes by four points. You know, usually they lose those minutes by you know, even if Joel plays this few and the backups play okay, they lose him by seven. Well, that's an 11-point swing. They won the game by 20, but they got to rest their guys at the end. Like, it's, it, it changes everything, and it it, it it's huge. It, it, this is a series that's particularly good for Paul. This match is particularly good for Paul because the Raptors have a bunch of guys who are kind of Paul, Paul Reed's size, but a little smaller. And Paul Reed, compared to their other options, is just a better athlete, a better rebounder, all the things they need. But I, I don't care. Any other team, this is your guy. But Paul is also talented. Like, he's not, you know, he's not like... That's that's what I'm saying. He looks weird. Yeah. But he's not just like lost or uncoordinated out there. He can shoot and he yeah, rebounds absolutely. and he blocks shots. He's, he's a really good basketball player who just kind of looks weird when he moves. But it's not like he's flailing around or can't control his limbs. Like, his movements are purposeful and they're helpful to the team.
1: Um. Also, we'll never stop reminding people he did this podcast. Um, did this podcast, congratulated Emily, who was not on that specific episode, but he uh, congratulated guest Emily. Hates. True on no, her wedding. No, that's not
2: true. Don't put that. He
1: congratulated me. Emily on her wedding. Told us that it was an honor to talk to us, <laughs> um, and uh, we had a great time with him. Uh, Emily, any thoughts on uh, on Paul uh, as the backup center here?
2: No, I love it. I love him. um I also really enjoyed like there's like two people on this team that get chance for them like Joel will get m v p chance and Paul gets b ball paul chance and I just think that's mm-hmm. truly incredible
1: and and maxie getting uh maxi chance while tobias was at the line which is sort of sad but uh yeah, yeah yeah but um uh so i do feel kind of bad for tobias but tobias had an excellent
3: game and i was uh he earned himself happy. not getting booed and that's
1: his
2: name thing. is not really chanable like i guess you could do harris but it's not as it toby. doesn't really it's not as good with the double r I'd
3: say toby yeah not as No, oh. i mean i'm not a big fan of it but i'm not a big fan of this in general so i might be biased about <laughs> not liking toby Man. He would have to do like so much to get
1: chanted. Really, I mean, Maxi is the well. It's like, like the highest Q rating of
3: anybody in Philadelphia. At all. Like when you're making that much money, like do you really need to chant? Like he's fine. You know what I mean? Like he'll be if he if he plays up to his contract for one game, then we're gonna win it. You know, we're gonna win that game because true. we'll be a phenomenal team, and then he can go home and and feel good about it with all his money. So it's great.
1: Um, Dan, you alluded quickly to the MVP stuff. Meanwhile, Saturday was a great night online because Jokic fucking sucked. And uh, I'm sure his fantasy points were great, but his team actually- Yeah, he was the leading
3: fantasy scorer of the night, actually.
1: That's great. Um, I'm not going to do it now because the voting isn't out yet and all NBA teams haven't been announced yet. But I will say that there is just a massive rant coming if Joel isn't on first team all NBA again this year. And I'm just going to lose my mind. I don't mind. think you will be. I don't think you will be either. So I just want people to know that I'm going to lose my mind um, if that happens. Again, because it's insane. But I'm not going to do it now because maybe it won't happen. Um, we're going to go to a break. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, sort of the next, uh, you know, game two and then where where everything. Just, I just muted myself. Game two and uh, where everything We're back. So uh, any pivots that we think will happen from here? Scotty Barnes uh, got his foot stepped on by Joel Embiid. I, I truly can't imagine many things worse than, <laughs> than having your foot it stepped on by, by Joel Embiid going full speed. Uh, sounds horrific. Um, you know, do you think that, you know, what kind of response do you expect from from Toronto here in game two? I, I certainly think they'll play better, and Nick Nurse is a great coach, and they'll try things to get Philly out of their rhythm and Tyrese obviously there's somewhat of an outlier in that 38 point performance but there's also an outlier in Joel going five of 15. Um, You know Toronto shot, you know, extremely well from three that you know, there's only so much of it that's predictive and then some of it is just the Sixers do have more talent, Mm -hmm. overall. so what kind of stuff do you expect from Toronto to try to pivot to here? Is it more doubles or less doubles or more zone? What kind of shit do you expect here coming up here, Emily?
2: Um, I'm not really sure. I, cause I'm not, if Barnes is out, if Trent jr. Is out, I don't, I'm not that deep in the Raptors depth chart to know like who these people are that are then going to replace them. Um, I mean, I guess that's good for the Sixers. The Sixers historically played not great with a zone, so I think going more zone is a good option for Toronto, but that's like the maximum of my defensive scheme knowledge. So,
1: Yeah, and I don't – you know, Fred VanVleet is coming back from a knee thing. I don't know how fully up to speed he is. Um, You know, as a fan, I I do – Like, obviously, I hope the Sixers sweep them, but I also hope that Barnes plays. Like, I don't really want to play them down one of their main guys. Like, I want us to beat them soundly and also for them to have all their guys. Um, Barnes is a cool player. I'd I'd like to see him play. Um, Dan, any expectations here for what uh, Toronto might try to do to throw the Sixers
3: off? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things I'm expecting. I mean, for one, Emily, you mentioned, you know, you don't know who's going to replace him. I don't think anyone is. Um, I think, you know, from what we saw with the Raptors when they were thin midseason, Nick Nurse is not afraid to play like six guys, you know, 45 minutes each. And if it goes into overtime, then that's fine. Still the same six guys, just run them into the ground. Um, They've been doing that this year. And I fully expect to see that, especially in a playoff game. I mean, we might see someone pushing 48 minutes on the Raptors. I wouldn't be surprised at all. just because they're not all that deep to begin with. I mean, they have a lot of guys who are similar to each other and Thad was a nice depth pickup, but now they have three guys who are doubtful for Monday night. And um, no, I don't think they're going to go too deep and try to, you know, give someone a shot. I think they're just going to uh, run their guys out there for a long time. Um, I definitely expect to see a lot more zone. Um, I think that'll be, that'll be the, the biggest, you know, and most meaningful adjustment we see. Um, I just, I think it's probably their only chance. I think Harden helps the Sixers with that though, but we'll see. Um, And I also think we're going to see a lot of just annoying stuff, like tried to pick up, I mean, Nick Nurse is already, already, you know, um, is already trying to get the refs to call more fouls on Joel because basically their only hope is to foul Joel out. And I think you're going to see... Um, I think you're going to see guys when they go to double, triple Joel um, or when they trap him in his zone, just kind of stick their head in there because they're all, you know, about half a foot shorter than Joel and right where his elbow will go as he tries to rip through. And even if he keeps the elbow close to his body, then they're going to stick their head closer to him and try to pick up a dumb flagrant and make the Sixers play scared because I think four flagrants and Joel gets a one game suspension, and even if it doesn't bother them, this series they want that in the Sixers' head, so they're not playing a certain way. Um, try to pick up dumb fouls. Um, try to bait Joel into anything. I, I I basically think that's what that's what we should expect. I it already seems like Nurses is is through his media comments is basically playing towards that, and they 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 don't have a chance in this series to just play normal basketball. I don't mean to sound overconfident because weird things could happen, and the Sixers could lose because the Sixers lose weird series and teams do play weird in the playoffs. But to just – I don't care what the head-to-head was in the regular season. The Sixers are so much more talented, especially with the Raptors' injuries now. It's brutal for them. And they they don't have a chance unless they make something weird happen. And they're going to try as hard as they can to make something weird happen. So that's what I expect. I expect a lot of crap. And I think it's going to be an annoying game two and annoying game three. And if the Sixers can pull them both out, I actually think it could be. I think game three is going to be the big shot from the Raptors. I think the Sixers are going to come into game two knowing they have to win. I think game three is the third game in five days. And you might see Harden a little tired. It's the first game in Toronto. It's the first game without Matisse. Um, I think you get the Raptors' best shot then. If the Sixers can hang on through the first three games, I don't think they lose the fourth, to be honest. I know the fourth is usually the game. Where you see, you know, a team desperate down three one, they pull out a win. I'm not trying to count the, the the last two games as as wins for the Sixers. I'm just saying that I think game three is the is the game I'm I kind of expect the biggest shot from the Raptors and and where the, the weird stuff that I expect in game two is just gonna kind of come to a head. Um being game four, because there will be a game four no matter what, I actually feel that's the big rogue game I feel best about because uh you'll have three days rest. I think that bodes well for Harden. Um, or sorry, you'll have two get, you'll have two days rest. Um, I think that's, that's, that will be a good thing for Harden. And so, um, I think you're going to see a lot of weird stuff, especially the next two games from the Raptors, just trying everything, switching things up, switching up defenses, trying to bait Joel into weird stuff and playing their starters, basically the whole game. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of that, at least games two and three. Um, and, and I I think it's just going to build and build and build for the next couple games. And I think it might be very frustrating, but I expect the Sixers to to basically, to win at least one of those, if not both of those next two games. So you guys had
1: Sixers in, one of you was six and one of you was seven, right?
3: I think you were five, I was six, Emily was seven.
1: I was five, yeah. Emily was seven.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, you were six. Um, Did game one, let's say, assume health. Let's say that Barnes is like, shaken up a little bit but plays. that I don't know how much you really count him toward their success and let's say Trent is mainly okay um just the fact that the Sixers looked the way they did head to head with Toronto beat them by 20 um how much did that affect the way you view this series in terms of the way the Sixers will be able to handle them like I picked him in five thought the series was going to be a pain in the ass, but pretty much thought the Sixers would handle them in in that amount of games, that Toronto would win a game and most of the games would be a pain in the ass. I didn't expect a game one 20-point victory like that, but still, I, I, like I pretty much would stick with five. I think Toronto will win a game and the Sixers would close it out in five. Dan, would you pretty much stick with six or would you like now after seeing game one, would you think that they can do it shorter?
3: I think they win in five. Um, I don't think, I, I i feel very confident about the Sears at this point. Um, I think they, they I think they'll win in five. It might take them six. Um, I don't think they'll sweep them, but uh, that's just, I wouldn't be surprised if they did honestly. i And I recognize Toronto is not going to be quite as sloppy defensively. I think that, you know, there were, you know, a few possessions where the Sixers, Got easy looks off of Toronto, just basically screwing up. But I'd I say the same thing went for the Sixers, where the Sixers, after some big shots, gave up some really wide open, easy looks. Um, that Toronto knocked down all of them. It always felt like if the Sixers defense messed up, their Toronto always made them pay that game. And it just didn't matter. Um, but the the two things that were encouraging to me, and, and you know, Toronto will play better and the Sixers will play a little worse, but the Sixers handled Toronto's run. I thought was huge and really encouraging for this group. We hadn't, we've seen this group blow a lot of leads. Um, A lot of them were pre-hardened, but a lot of them too were just like, even once you get hardened, you know, it's like the teams figuring each other out. It's like the very end of the regular season when no one cares. Um, A few of the blown leads were against teams that are just frankly a lot better than Toronto. Um, Like they blew 10 point leads to the Bucs and Suns back to back. That's, I mean, those are really good teams. They're better than the Raptors. Um, And so that was really encouraging to me that that was something they were able to to just answer. And then as far as um, as far as the backup center minutes, right? Like I wasn't really going to believe we were getting b-ball Paul, so I saw it and I saw it and he played great. And that's big, you know. That's that is a that is a that could be a a two game swing in the series. That could take you from from winning in seven to winning in five or something like that. So I, I I feel really good about it. I think it was. not an anomaly. I think the Raptors will make adjustments. They have a great coach, but I I love how Doc handled everything. And it's always been a very winnable series. And and Saturday night was, it was a blowout. They won every quarter. um, And they they were just clearly the better team. And I I don't think that anything about that was anomalous. And it's just, I, I expect it to continue. I think the Raptors take one.
1: Emily uh what about you this uh affect anything in your prediction
2: yeah I uh I definitely think they'll win in five or six now I was just so one I'm just so like tormented by past Sixers playoffs that I have a hard time like feeling optimistic about anything um like I literally was like bet the Raptors plus 15 at the half because they're not they're gonna win by like four like I i was fully expected them to blow the lead in the second half um i never feel comfortable when i'm watching them but they looked much closer to how they looked when those first like couple harding games when they were just like and we were all like what is this team and this team is never going to lose again and then they started going away from that and doing weird things and started losing games funny how that works and (laughs) i just felt I feel a lot more confident seeing them back to playing this way and looking comfortable doing it and everyone having success with it. And I don't know why you would go away from that style of play if it's working this well. And I don't think they will go away from it. So I'm feeling a lot, a lot better about the series and hoping that doesn't bite me in the ass. So,
1: Yeah. Um, the last thing I think is, um, any thoughts on the series from around the league right now? They uh, the big one, I think, is uh, the Celtics and Boston, the Celtics and Boston, Celtics and Nets played their first game today and ended in, this was a great game that I didn't watch, uh, ended it with a Jason Tatum spin around, whoop-de-whoop-de-woo, uh, buzzer beater by Jason Tatum, which was unreal. Uh, that was, a, that was a crazy thing. And we can also mention that Ben Simmons is reportedly going to play basketball for the Nets um, between games four and six. Not, not only in those games, but, but at some point he's going to debut. Um,
3: He'll be ready as soon as the
1: series ends. <laughs> and uh, that's what they say. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what what is going to happen there um seemed wild to just do that but i don't know i do think boston is the better team regardless i think boston is really good i mean you know listen i mean you know uh brooklyn was one like blown defensive assignment from winning game one here on the road so they're obviously really good um You know, uh, Minnesota beat Memphis. That was an impressive win. Um, uh, Milwaukee's definitely gonna sweep Chicago. Uh, Any other series from around the league that are catching your eye here, Emily, or any thoughts on the Brooklyn stuff? Anything anything that you're watching?
2: Um, I've just been catching general, like, bits and pieces and scores. Um, I do think that the Bucks will beat the Bulls, but I would like to commend the Bulls for really hanging in there and giving them their best shot. Um, it was interesting there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, good on Golden State for uh beating the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason why I enjoy that so much. Just big Golden State fan. Right after mm-hmm. the Sixers, my favorite team. Um. Yeah. I feel like the, the Suns Pelicans game is on right now and I assume the Pelicans are getting decimated, but yeah. yeah. Not that many yeah. good series right now, actually.
1: No, not well. Um,
2: Brooklyn. Yeah. Boston is good. Um that'll be good. Yeah, that's like the one that actually seems good.
1: That would be good. My yeah. Miami beat Atlanta by a lot today. Uh-huh. Um, that one I did expect to be a, a good series, and and hopefully it still will be. But, um, yeah,
3: Dan, any thoughts on the series from around the league? Yeah, I'll, I'll give a quick thought on each one. Uh, Jazz Mavericks. That could be one sentence on each. Jazz Mavericks. Uh, not that entertaining. The Jazz look bad, but the Mavericks don't have Luca. Uh, whoever wins is going to get killed by the Suns.
2: A Timberwolves... ever heard one.
3: Well, I'm not grammatically perfect, I'm just trying my best. <laughs> uh, the Grizzlies lost the Timberwolves. Uh, I think they win the series, but they have no shot against the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors won't take more than five to beat the Nuggets. Uh, the Celtics Nets is by far the best series out there. Uh, like I said, I don't think Ben is going to play in the series, and I think the Celtics are going to win the series. Um, uh, so do you that think was... that'll manifest? Do you think that manifests in a setback? No, I just think he, he won't be ready. He still is playing like he hasn't played, he's he hasn't played anything but one on zero yet. They're know. ramping him up now. I I just I doubt it.
2: He has too much ramp up to do.
3: It's a lot of ramps. Yeah. You gotta get to
2: one on one, three on one, like three mm-hmm. on three, five on five. It's too much.
3: Bucks Bulls. This was the Bulls one chance. Uh they're gonna get swept. They're yeah. not that good um the Hawks are going to win at least two games against the Heat is my prediction Trey Young is going to play a lot better um they're going to figure something out on defense uh I just I they're just the kind of team that will win a couple really close games even if they're the worst team um and then the Pelicans have absolutely no chance against the Suns Uh,
2: my dad just texted me Suns are good I said yes Suns are good that
1: he's right he's right Guys got a point. Um gotta say, Willie Green coached a hell of a year and um would have loved if he had come home and coached the Sixers because uh love Willie and um I was just right about him all along and uh
3: got Well his point. team is 18 points through 14 you, minutes. Can you let me have something, Dan? Can you i was gonna say is that what you're gonna say i was exactly what i, I was gonna be like the pelicans of 18 points it's gonna be my little time to shine but go ahead Wait, what's happening I'm sorry why don't we edit drew you can edit my part out and then you can say it and we'll pretend i never said it and we'll all act surprised
1: all right listen we've had quite an episode here cameo from drew dan talking about a soda bottle what an episode
3: that is not going on the episode
1: it's true we've had quite an episode here. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Sixers are up one oh. Uh the next time we talk will be uh next weekend when uh things will be even better. Um uh, <laughs> hopefully.
2: Series um, could be over. I don't think so. It could be.
1: Game no.
3: four would be Saturday.
2: is Saturday. Game four, Saturday.
3: They play Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Games two, three, four. Could be. Steve has no idea what the schedule
2: is. I'm like, I keep saying it and Dan's confirming it and Steve's still like, "Nope, no way. Not happening.
3: That's true. (laughs) All right. Well,
1: at least we kept that going. But listen, good luck to the Sixers. And um, as always, good to see you guys. Emily, congrats um, on the move. And uh, yeah, good to see you guys as always. Be safe and be great. And uh, follow Gaster Blues Pod, third and girl, DA Peltz, 13, uh, Steve J. Lipman,